Today, we are in the book of Acts, and it's a great book. If you got one of the green Bibles coming in, it's page 909 we're on, or you can just, the words will be up here, and you can just follow along, okay? But the title, the, the focus of Acts is no matter what is happening in our life, whether, no matter what is happening in our life, we can still live in victory through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can still live that way. doesn't matter if we have one eye. We expect it to. And all you people who told me how great it was going to be, you lied, you lied. <laughs> doesn't matter if you expect it to. And listen, that's a small, I've told several people, small problem compared to what so many of you are going through. So many. Uh, so many trials. We're all going through some trial. Even some of, you, some of us don't even know the trials others are going through. So many things. But we can still live by the Holy Spirit's power. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. And we landed on Acts chapter 3, which was perfect because the title today is the resurrection of, well, what it's about is Peter heals in the Spirit, showing the resurrection power. So it's perfect timing. But the title is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, fact and faith. Fact and faith. Just remember those two, two words, fact and faith. That's what we're going to zero in on from this passage here, okay? Now, Acts chapter 3 uh, if we have, in the last year, if this last year has exposed anything, think of the last year, last Easter, we didn't even get to meet, right? Uh, if this last year has exposed anything, it's that people are afraid of death. Would you agree with that? We're, we're afraid of dying. Even Christians, we're, we're afraid of dying. That's what has been shown. But it didn't start with COVID. There has always been an obsession with uh, fear of death and an obsession with trying to live forever. That's been an ongoing thing for a long, long time. Ponce de Leon and uh, his fabled Fountain of Youth. If you go to St. Augustine, Florida, you can still find this mud puddle and take a drink out of it and try to live as long as he did, right? Uh, it, you know, it, it, that's still there, but it's probably a legend. They think that, that historians say you probably didn't really even t- look for this, all right? But people have been trying to live forever for so long. Cryonics is a big deal. You know, you freeze someone. and Well, they don't freeze the whole body because it takes up too much room. So they, they actually, people have been removing their heads for years and years. After they die, surgically removing their heads. Freeze, there's frozen heads all over the country. You don't even know. All over. People are hoping someday to be brought back again. In fact, I remember one, one story. Uh, the One guy was in the news. He was so anxious to preserve his mother and get her in time, he didn't wait till she died. He took her head off while she's still alive, and so he got arrested for murdering, you know, and it's crazy, but that's how desperate he was, to, and that's how desperate people are to live forever, you know, and, and, uh, th- and now, now they're trying digital immortality, right? You try to get somehow get our brain or our consciousness downloaded on computers. It's not just sci-fi. People are really trying to put all their memories. They're actually typing out things and recording things, and they're trying to put it in and somehow put it into an avatar someday so that people could carry on someday. I'm going to save you a lot of money and a lot of uh, problems. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Death won't be solved until Jesus Christ comes again. That's when it's going to be solved. He's already solved it, but he's going to finally, he's already solved it with his own death and resurrection, but he's going to finally solve it. It's going to be finally completed. Revelation 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. 
or morning. Or crying. Or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. His first coming, he, 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 he defeated death. His second coming, he's going to destroy death. Destroy it. And there's no need to go crazy with all this other stuff. Because as we're going to see today, if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we already possess eternal life. We already possess that life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the awesome worship. Focusing on you, focusing on Jesus Christ's resurrection, connecting with you through your spirit in a powerful way. Lord, we pray now that our hearts would be completely open, our minds would be focused on your spirit and your word and whatever you want to do in our lives today, whether it's we've come to faith in Jesus, whether we grow in our faith, whatever you want to do in our life, we pray that your Holy Spirit would do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to read the chapter X, chapter 3, and I have a special, where's my reader here? Oh, here, come on up. Uh, since I'm not going to even try to read a whole chapter with one eye, and it's my old glasses, by the way. Uh, so uh, I've asked one of our elders, uh, uh, not because he's older, but he's really one of our elders, uh, Jim Davis, to read chapter 3 for us. Where am I? Acts chapter 3, and then I'm going to take it from there. Okay, thanks. This is a very unique, well, this is unique. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Uh, May the Lord bless this reading of his holy word. Um, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he put every day where he, he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them this, his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by your own power or godliness We had made this man walk. 
The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through the holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. May God bless this reading of his holy word. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, so much. So, wow, what a chapter. Verse 6, verse 6, where we see what, when uh, <clears throat> it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Peter heals this lame man by the power of the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit's leading and the question I want to ask here as we get ready to really <clears throat> hit the focus here <clears throat> is why? Why did the Holy Spirit lead him to, to this guy? And why did God heal this man? Why? What was the point of this healing? It was just a chapter. And we see this in verses 15 and 16. The whole reason why he healed him was to prove something. Verse 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are a witness of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that is given this complete healing to him, as you can see. The reason the Holy Spirit healed this man at this time was to prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to prove it's that faith in him is what healed him. Faith in him is what can save us. That's why he did it. Fact and faith. He's making a point here. Fact and faith. Verse 15, I'm going to read it again. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. 
we are witnesses of this. If you go back one chapter to chapter 2, verse 32, remember what they said last time, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. 2.32 and 3.15, same connection point. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fact. It's a historical fact. And that's why I'm connecting. I'm going to connect fact and faith here. It's a fact. Dr. Simon Greenleaf, some of you have heard of him, one of the greatest legal minds in the history of the United States, he concluded that the resurrection of Jesus Christ could be proven, proven in the U.S. court of law. Said no doubt he could prove it in the U.S. court of law. The resurrection. There's that much evidence. It's amazing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fact. We have all the proof we need unless we don't want to believe it. And I know people who even believe it. I've talked to people who even believe it. But, but they still won't say, but, he, but he's God's son. I believe he raised from the dead. It's a historical fact. I've heard religious leaders from other faiths say that. But I, I just can't believe he's the son of God. <laughs> How did he get back alive? It's a fact, and we have all the proof we have unless we don't want to believe it. The empty tomb, the empty tomb is proof. Even the Romans and the, uh, the Jewish religious leaders admitted that the tomb was empty. Also, the, the, the post-resurrection appearances, after Jesus came back alive, the post-resurrection appearances are a huge proof for Jesus' resurrection. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm just going to read you a couple of verses here, starting with verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to remind you, this is the Apostle Paul writing, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on, and, which, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Remember Jesus appeared to him on Damascus Road. He, the the, the the, the post-resurrection appearances, 500 people at the same time. The apostles, Paul, unbelievable. And the apostles, talking about the apostles, there's another proof. The apostles are the proof that Jesus really rose from the dead. All 11 that survived, and Paul was the 12th one, uh, picked as the 12th by the Holy Spirit. All 12 persevered in their faith. Not one of them crashed. They were all persecuted, martyred. All were martyred except the Apostle John, who they tried to kill, and they couldn't kill him. And not one of them went back on that. And, and uh, Dave Adams in his uh, Dave Adams posted something this week that I, that I saw, and I'm going to read it to you. He, this is by Charles Colson. Remember the Watergate figure, Charles Colson, who became a, a really... Uh, influential Christian, he said this, I know the resurrection is a fact. He wasn't a Christian during Watergate. And he goes, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth 
for 40 years, never once denying it. Every one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured if it wasn't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. The lives of the apostles and and their ministry is, again, a proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. We could prove it in the U.S. court of law today. It, 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 It proved that Jesus was the one and only Son of God. Wait till you see the next couple weeks. There weren't all these different sons of God you can follow, take your pick. No, no. The one and only Son of God. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ proved. Romans 1 4 says, And who through the Spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Proved. The Holy Spirit proved he was the one and only Son of God. That is a fact. And because that is a fact, we're told we need to put our faith in him. Faith in only him. Only, only him. Our faith. In fact, back to Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, verse 15. You killed, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man you see, whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that he's been given this complete healing, as you can all see. As you can all see. Uh, Jesus, this man was healed to prove the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the fact of that, and to prove that we must put our faith in that Jesus, to put our faith in that Jesus. The faith is what healed him, and faith in, him, in Jesus is what gives us the ultimate healing, the ultimate healing, the new life in Jesus Christ, the, the life that we're going to have for all of eternity, not just that he healed so he can last here a few more years, but so we could heal, so we could be healed spiritually, be saved, salvation, so that we could live for all eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven someday. That's the ultimate healing is salvation. All the people, all the people who did not see Jesus resurrect from the dead, didn't see the resurrected Jesus. Now they get to see here in Acts chapter 3, they get to see his resurrection power through this healing. And they are shown also, they, Peter connects the dots here, shown also that it's by faith in him that we are saved. That we are, that's what saves us. Acts 3.16, I'll read it again. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given them this complete healing, as you can all see. And that is the same faith that heals us spiritually, gives us salvation. This is Acts 3.16. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The ultimate healing comes through faith in Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son who was resurrected from the dead. God, listen, God can still heal. God can still heal. We still, still see lots of healing, although now we have God's Word. And God's Word is the main proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the main proof. Uh, 
another key proof, healing's awesome, but the, the word alone is enough proof for anyone. Anyone. The word alone. Jesus said they, uh, to the guy who, who in Luke 16, the guy who was in Hades and he wanted to have a miraculous resurrection, he says they have the Moses and the law and the prophets. If they don't listen to that, they're not going to listen. The word is enough. Another key, but there's another key proof, and this is going to hit home to all of us. Another key proof today of resurrection power, we have the word, but we also have our lives. Our lives is the key. Many of our friends, many of our family members will never read the Bible. They won't start with reading the Bible. Let me say that. But they can read our lives. Oh, they do read our lives. Will they see the Jesus Christ resurrection power in our lives? Will they see that? Philippians 3, 10 and 11 talks about this very thing. In Philippians 3, uh, verse 10, it says this. I want, and this is uh, Paul talking, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Everybody wants that, right? Oh, we all want that. Oh, don't stop reading. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. If you want to know the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection, we have to be willing to, to, to suffer and to die with Jesus Christ. We have to be willing to do that, to experience his resurrection power. Ooh, that's not as popular, isn't it? We all want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, but look what it come, takes to know it. To know Jesus and his resurrection power, sharing in his suffering and his death. And as other people... As other people see how we handle suffering, as other people see how we handle life's tribulations, how we handle suffering, how we handle even death, they get to see Jesus Christ's resurrection power in our lives, which is a powerful witness. It's a powerful witness. Our lives confirm. That's the one thing people can't argue. They can argue about everything, but they can't argue about our testimony. They can't argue about our life. They, there's no debating it. It's either resurrection power lived out or not. And, and <clears throat> we, our, lives, our lives should and our lives do confirm the fact of Jesus Christ's resurrection. They can't deny the miracle in our life. And that fact is what will lead them to faith. The fact of, of Jesus' resurrection power in our life is what will lead them to put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's, and that's the whole purpose of our life. I just used an illustration in my Revelation sermon. If you haven't been following the Revelation sermon online, I want to encourage you to because we're there, baby. We're there. But, uh, but I used this illustration. I'm like, this is perfect for this passage too. It's called A Light in the Darkness. It was right after 9-11. I Took this out of, uh, where did I get it from? Focus on the family. I took it out, and I've saved it ever since. Listen to this. A light in the darkness. Exactly what I'm talking about. Al Bracco was a beam of hope for people caught in a desperate situation. On the morning of September 11th, Jeannie Bracca switched on the television to check the weather report, only to hear that a plane had hit, just hit the World Trade Center. You guys, many of you remember that. 
Jeannie's husband, Al, worked as a corporate bond trader for <clears throat> Cantor Fitzgerald. <clears throat> His office was on the 105th floor of Tower One. Jeannie hadn't spoken to Al since he left for work that morning. A year earlier, Jeannie had suffered a severe heart attack that had left her heart only working 16% of it, heart functioning properly. So they didn't tell her. Nobody updated her on what was going on because they thought it would kill her. She, he had already survived. They said he had already survived the first World Trade bombing. Remember back in 1993, he already survived that. He even helped a woman with asthma escape from the building. Jeannie didn't think it would be any different this time. I knew he would stop to help minister to people. But I never thought for a minute that he wouldn't come home. Early in the evening, her sons broke the news to her about the towers. A week later, Elle's body was found in the rubble. Then reports trickled in from friends and acquaintances. Some people on the 105th floor had made a last call or sent a final email to a loved one saying that a can never get through this story. That a man was leading people to, in prayer. A few referred to Al by name. When he realized they were all trapped in the building and would not be able to escape, Al shared the gospel. with a group of 50 co-workers and led them in prayer. He finally had them right where he wanted them, didn't he? <laughs> the news came as no surprise to Jeannie. For years, she and Al had been praying for the salvation of these men and women. According to Jeannie, Al hated his job. He couldn't stand the environment. It was a world so completely out of touch with his Christian values, but he wouldn't quit. He was convinced that God wanted him to stay there, to be a light in the darkness. And to that end, Al freely shared his faith with his co-workers, many of whom sarcastically nicknamed him the Rev. They mocked him, Jeannie recalls. But when horrible things happen in their life, they always ask El for prayer. On September 11th, in the midst of the chaos, El's family was uppermost on his mind. Unable to get through on the phone, El asked an operator to contact his family Tell him, them that I love them, he said. It took the operator more than a month to reach the, the, the Bracas, but the message brought them much-needed comfort. The last thing my dad did involved two things most important to him, God and his family. Christopher said, he loved to lead people. 
Christ, that always that takes away a lot of the hurt and the pain. <clears throat> Do you have that power in your life? That resurrection power in your life? What if you were on the 100th floor of the World Trade Center and it was with minutes to live? Would you have peace? I'll give you a hint. If you're freaking out over COVID, you wouldn't. If we're freaking out over that, we wouldn't have peace. I'm not talking about concern and being careful. I'm talking about living in terror. Would you... Have peace? Would you be able to help other people find that peace? How are you doing right now? How are we doing now with what's going on in this crazy world? Are we helping people find peace or are we adding to the, to the chaos? It was only, it's only possible because of the fact of the re- of the resurrection the only reason he had peace the only reason that we can have peace is because of the fact of the resurrection that we know we will never die look what he said earlier some of them have fallen asleep first corinthians 15 some have fallen asleep christians don't die we take a nap a short nap it's a blink of an eye and we wake up And we are going to be with Jesus forever, immediately. So many people I've talked to are living in so much fear, even Christians. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, COVID this and COVID that and terrorism and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, I keep trying to refocus. And all many of you, don't take it personal. I've done it with many of you. What's the worst that can happen? And I always hear, "I, I could die of it. I go, no. That's not the worst that could happen. If you really believe this story, it's the best. It's like leaving a garbage dump to go live in a palace. Literally. It's the best that could happen. We're just going to take a little nap. And, and that's, that's the, we have to keep that perspective. Not that we have a death wish, but we have a heaven wish, right? We, we have peace. No matter what is coming our way, we have peace. And, and we, get, we get a glimpse of the proof of that resurrection. We always talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's also a prophetic proof of it in Matthew 27. Right after Jesus died, it says in Matthew 27, verse 50, it says, When Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. That's a prophetic proof that Jesus' death made the way for our own resurrection. God was giving us a little glimpse of that. We don't have to fear death because of the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We shouldn't fear COVID or any kind of sickness. First of all, we know Jesus can heal us. He still has the same power to heal us, right? Uh, but, but we know that even, uh, and he often does, we've seen lots of healing, but even if he chooses to heal us in heaven instead, 
even if he chooses not to heal us here on earth, but chooses to heal us in heaven, we, we, we know that we will live with him forever. We know that. Because of the fact of the resurrection. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. We, he's the resurrection and the life. Have you ever acted on that fact? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? What if you were on top of the World Trade Center right now? And it was going down in minutes. You know it's going down. Would you have peace? I remember the first time I went up on the World Trade Center. I was in college. I was from the other other New York, western New York. And I remember going to college in in Philadelphia. used to be called Philadelphia College of Bible. It's changed its name now. But anyway, uh, Karen. So uh, I remember going to visit the World Trade Center. And I remember getting ready to go up. And it was an awesome, just an awesome experience at night being up there. The lights, I was stunned from the farm to New York City and the lights of New York. It was amazing. But they gave us a flyer, and I still have it. I saved it in my files. And they gave us a, a little pamphlet said, the closest some of you will ever get to heaven. And I saved it because it's true. And boy, is it true now, right? The closest some of you will ever get to heaven. That is true every day, every second, if we don't have Jesus Christ. It's true all the time. If COVID has reminded us of everything, we are all one breath away. We are one heartbeat away from eternity in heaven or hell. That flyer was prophetic. The closest, if you do not know Jesus Christ, you are as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. But that same peace, that same peace that Al had up on the top of the World Trade Center, you can have right now, and that's a fact. You can have it right now, that's a fact, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm, the verse that I already read, I'm going to read it again. It's probably the same one Al was sharing with his coworkers up on top, and who knows how many of them responded by faith? I bet, I bet money he was reading John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much that he sacrificed his own son to die on that cross to pay for our sin, to take our shame, to, to satisfy his justice and holiness and, and still allow us to be forgiven. Somebody had to pay the price. And Jesus paid that price. And he says, if you, whoever believes in him, the word believe is not intellectual belief. Oh, yeah, I believe Jesus. No, it, the, the word in Greek means to put your faith in, your complete trust in, your complete dependence on. The best picture I can give uh, from the Greek word, because there's a, a picture of it, is think of a little baby when you, when you pick up your little baby and they're scared and they grab a hold of you and won't let go. That's the picture clinging to. Will you cling to Jesus Christ, put your trust in Jesus Christ, for whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, there's two words I want you to focus on right from the Bible today. Fact and faith. Fact and faith. The resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fact. 
have you ever put your faith in Jesus? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in his death on that cross, his resurrection from the dead to give you a brand new life? Have you put your faith in Jesus? And the moment we do that, we have life now, real life now. And it goes on forever. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus right now? I'm going to talk to you like Al talked to his coworkers. There might not be a tomorrow. And even if there is, it's going to end sooner or later for every one of us. Will we be ready to stand before God? If, he were to, if you were to stand before him right now and he were to say, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? We're all going to have to answer that question someday. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, we must all answer that question. And if your answer is, I've been good, or I go to church, or I try to, try to do nice things, or I've been baptized, or I, you know, I jumped through some religious r- rituals, some hoops, it's not going to cut it. There's one answer, and that is I have put my faith. In Jesus Christ. You can do that right now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. I repent. I turn away from my old life. Anything in my life that goes against your word, your will, I repent. Please forgive me. Please forgive me because I'm repenting and I'm putting my faith in Jesus. My faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for me. I give my life to you, God. you have prayed that simple but powerful prayer of faith you are in for the shock of your life because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit God's actual spirit is living inside of you right now you have become a new creation in Christ the old has gone the new has come you will be in for a shock you will open the Bible and it will be on fire alive You will pray and you'll feel like you're really praying to somebody now. Because you are. You have a connection with God the Father through His Son Jesus Christ. You will think thoughts and do things that you used to think were enjoyable and you're going to be repulsed by them. Because you're not going to want sin anymore. You're not going to want the old garbage anymore. 
You're going to want a new life in holiness with Jesus. And you're going to have a peace and a joy that you never thought possible. I want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer of faith, that you tell somebody. Maybe you have a family member here or a friend or you have a friend who's a Christian somewhere. Tell, tell me on the way out. I'll be excited. Tell somebody so that we can be excited for you and we can help you grow in your faith. Make the commitment to tell somebody today. Sometime today, this, this Easter will be a very special Easter for you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Are, we, are people seeing the resurrection power in our life? Maybe we're going through a really tough time right now. Maybe we don't like it. <laughs> well, we don't like it. But maybe our prayers like, God, take this away, take this away. And our prayers should be, God, use this to show the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in my life, through my life. And whatever your purpose is, whether it's to heal me or whether it's to get me through this or whether it's to bring me home, whatever it is, let me show people the fact of Jesus Christ's resurrection power leading them to put their faith in Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name.